Thessalonians chapter 5, verse number, verse number 19 tonight. First Thessalonians chapter 5 and verse 19. I'm glad to have all the folks online listening, but I'm sure glad all you folks is here. Makes a lot better preaching when you can see folks right in front of you. And I'm glad you're here. But we appreciate everybody online and those who, even who listen later on after they've been to church. First, First Thessalonians, we're about to get through this book. And I preached uh, on, the, being, on the issue of uh, being sanctified holy in verse number 23 last week. I want to back up and preach on verse number 19 uh, this evening. And uh, we're going to memorize another verse. Everybody ready for your Bible memorization program? <laughs> Quench not the spirit. Quench not the spirit. Let's say it again. Quench not the spirit. Boy, I tell you what, we're memorizing the Bible, ain't we? You can say, man, I got several verses memorized. Pray without ceasing. Anybody got another one memorized? I can't think of it. Huh? Oh yeah, rejoice evermore. I, che I cheated on you. Rejoice evermore. But anyway, it's good to, you know what? If we could think of those verses during the day, rejoice evermore. Pray without ceasing. And I want to preach tonight to, on something that to me is a very important subject. Uh, quench not the spirit. Uh, when I was um, about 18 years old, I went off to college and um, they couldn't do anything with me. Amen. <laughs> and uh, no, I went off to college and I'd been gone for that first week or two. And uh, Van was 11 years old. He probably might say, he probably don't remember. He was seven years old, I'm sorry. I was 11 years older. Than, I was 11 when he was born. And you know, that's a lot of age difference when you're little. And uh, the older boys, mo most of them had already, you know, gone off with their life out, working or got married, left home. And so I was kind of his big brother, you know, there at home and had been till I left. I never will forget, I pulled up in the yard in my car and I got out of the car and he come running out of the house, a little seven-year-old boy. And just with his arms up and so glad to see me, but I was too cool. And I don't know why I look back at that and I still can't figure out how sorry and low down I must have been. But I just kind of met him with the coolness like I'm too cool for you. And I could see his, this disappointment in his eyes. And to this day it grieves me that I did that. I quenched the fire of his love and joy. He assumed that I'd be just as happy to see him as he was to see me. And I was at a bad stage in my life and I quenched his joy and his anticipation, his enthusiasm. And he could see that real quick and he kind of turned and just kind of walked back to the house. But I hurt him by quenching his enthusiasm. My dad in 1948, he had come back from uh, World War II in the Pacific and uh, there ended in 1945. In 1948, he decided in January the 22nd, I got this from Brother Terry, he's got all the records. Uh, he does a lot of research on this kind of stuff. But in 1948, my dad ran for assessor in Douglas County. My dad and mom, I mean, they did, I'm, I'm not singing no sad song. They just like everybody else, didn't have nothing. How I many of you didn't have nothing when you got married either? Maybe except some debt. But anyway, uh, they were living, if I showed you where they were living and, and showed you pictures of it, some of you would not want to, and my mama really did, it was, it was, anyway, it was a bad deal. But, uh, but they were happy, they married, they had two boys, and dad decided to run for assessor in Douglas County. Well, he was out campaigning, and he, he went to a fellow's house, and, and he got there, and it was pretty close to noontime, and they, they said, Garnet said, come in and sit down and eat dinner with us, and they just made him feel so welcome and all, and you know, he, you know you're, how many's ever campaigned for anything? Well, I mean, if you, I hate campaigning. I mean, I just hate campaigning. I don't like it. Uh, God ain't called me to run for nothing except, you know, God's called me to preach. But anyway, uh, after they got done eating, that guy kind of sat back in the chair and said, Garnet, he said, you're going to get beat, and you're going to get beat bad. And he said, what you need to do is drop out of the race and go home and, and raise a garden so your kids have something to eat this winter. Now, what was he doing? He was quenching his spirit. He was quenching uh, his goals, his dreams, his, his, uh, his, so forth. And uh, I always remember that. Uh, in fact, that guy told my dad, he said, uh, Harry Truman himself couldn't beat the guy you're running against. And dad said, well, he couldn't because this is a Republican county. 
<laughs> Dad said, but I believe I can beat him. And Dad did beat him. And he, he won the race. And No, but I remember Dad telling how, Dad used that story to always tell me, Reggie, don't let people discourage you. Don't let them quench your fire. Um, this morning, I, I was over here and I had two grandchildren. One of them come and boy, he just throwed his arms around my neck, you know, and buried his head in my shoulder. And, and then here a little bit come another and another. He thought, but what if I just kind of went like that? I, I, can, you, can I say tonight, can I go so far to say that's sin? And this is a commandment not to quench the spirit. And I believe with all of my heart, one of the greatest sins that is committed in church life is quenching the spirit of God. I really believe that. Uh, you're excited about faith. You know, you, I, I've seen this happen. Somebody gets saved and they're so excited. You know, I, I like the old boy who got saved. He didn't know, you know, Job from Palms. He didn't know nothing. He didn't know if there was one testament or three, you know. He just got saved and he was happy as he'd been. No preacher preaching. And he jumped up and said, hot dog, hot dog. Everybody. No boy comes and said, you don't say stuff like, after you don't say stuff like that. What was he doing? Quenching his spirit. And uh, you know, I've seen backslidden Christians been saved for about 40 years and some young, somebody gets saved and they're all excited and they'll give them this look. Settle down. I'll just, you'll get over it after a while like I did. The problem is that the new Christian who has enthusiasm is exposing the backslidden condition of the person that's been saved a long time. Now, God says to these people a lot of important things. Rejoice evermore and don't render evil for evil and pray without ceasing and everything give thanks and on and on he goes. But he says here, one of the things that just important, he said, don't quench the spirit in your Christian experience. This sin has killed more churches than you probably can ever know about. Amen. Just simply because people quenched the Holy Spirit of God in the service. It's caused more preachers to quit the ministry than you'll ever be able to count. Amen. Just because people sat there and just quenched the Spirit of God. It's caused the doors to close on churches, generations to leave the Lord and cause the lost to walk out of a church and die and go to hell Amen. just because some saved person was quenching the spirit. I do not believe it's, he's talking to lost people here. I believe he's talking to saved people yeah. that they ought not quench the spirit. And I'm gonna tell you right now, if we're not careful, we're so careful to, that, that churches will quench the spirit so much that some people in desperation have created a false spirit and a false fire to make up for the quenching that's been going on. You say, Reggie, what is quenching? I thought about doing this, but then I thought better. I thought about bringing a bucket, a half full of cold water out of that baptistry out there and just showing you what quenching the spirit is. Quenching the spirit is throwing water on the fire. Quenching the spirit is dampening down the fire. Quenching the spirit is messing the fire up where it can't burn. But it really means just to quench, to put out the fire. And I'll tell you right now, if we're not careful, we can get drawn into a satanic trick of quenching the spirit of God. And I'm telling you, it'll kill a church. It'll, it'll cause lots of people to die and go to hell. And I'm telling you tonight, I, I thought, man, I need to preach this on Sunday morning. But I, this is when God's got me preaching it, so I'm just going to preach it tonight. But I tell you right now, it'll cause people to never know the power of God, the power of the Holy Ghost in conviction, the power of the Holy Ghost in conversion, and they'll leave the church house lost because somebody quenched the Spirit of God in that service. Now, the Holy Spirit, the most important thing you're ever going to know about the Holy Spirit is that He is holy. That's His first name, is Holy Spirit. And so you can always test something to go on if it matches the Word of God. I have a Holy Bible that tells me about the Holy God and the Holy Spirit and the Holy Child of God. Uh, the Bible calls it the Spirit of God in 1 uh, Corinthians chapter 3. The Bible calls it the Spirit of Christ in Romans 8 9. The Bible calls Him the Eternal Spirit in Hebrews 9 14. The Bible calls Him the Spirit of Truth in John 16 13. He's called the Spirit of Grace in Hebrews chapter 10 verse 29. He is called the spirit of glory in 1 Peter 4:14. It is called the spirit of, he is called the spirit of life in Romans 8:2. He's called the spirit of wisdom in Revelation in Ephesians chapter 1 and verse number 17. He's called the comforter in John chapter 14 and verse 26. He's called the spirit
spirit of promise in Acts chapter 1 verse 4. He's called the spirit of adoption in Romans chapter 8 and verse 15. And it's called the spirit of holiness in Romans chapter 1 and verse 4 when it's relating to the resurrection of Jesus Christ. It's called the spirit of faith in 2 Corinthians 4 number 13. He is symbolized in the Bible by a dove in John chapter 1. He is symbolized by water in John chapter 7. The Holy Ghost is symbolized by oil all through the Bible in Luke 4 and Acts 10 and other places. The Holy Ghost is symbolized by a seal in Ephesians 1.13, Ephesians 4.30 and 2 Corinthians 1.22. The Bible teaches the Holy Ghost is likened unto the wind in Acts chapter 2 and in John chapter 3. Jesus likened the Holy Ghost like wind. And also in the Bible the Holy Spirit is likened unto fire in Exodus chapter 3 and verse number 2 and in Leviticus chapter 9 and verse 24 and in Acts chapter 2. He is also called the earnest of the spirit of the earnest possession, purchased possession in 2 Corinthians 1 22. That means that he's the down payment upon our purchase salvation. In Genesis chapter 1 and verse number 2, the second verse of your Bible says the spirit of God moved upon the face of the deep. The Bible said that our Lord Jesus was conceived by the Holy Ghost of God. The Bible said Jesus was sealed by the Holy Ghost of God in John chapter 6. He was led by the Spirit in Matthew chapter 4. He was empowered by the Spirit of God in casting out devils. He was filled with the Spirit of God in John chapter 3 and Luke chapter 4. He groaned in the Spirit in Luke chapter, or John chapter 11 where he raised Lazarus from the dead. He rejoiced in the Spirit in Luke chapter 10. He offered himself without spot unto God on the cross of Calvary for our sins by the power of the Holy Ghost of God. The Bible literally tells you in Hebrews chapter 9 and verse number 14 that he offered himself through the Holy Ghost of God. You say, Reggie, what are you trying to say? I'm saying to you that God never does anything without the power of the Holy Ghost being involved in what he's doing. In fact, the Bible said in Romans chapter 1 and verse 4 that the Holy Spirit was there that raised Jesus from the dead. The Bible said when Jesus ascended that by the Spirit he gave commandments to his disciples. The Bible said that he's going to raise you and I up by the power of the Holy Ghost of God. In fact, when he saved you, he raised you up out of the deadness of sin and put the Holy Spirit of God in you and birthed a new man by the power of the Holy Ghost. I'm going to tell you something right now. God never does nothing about his work without the influence and the power and the presence of the Holy Ghost of Almighty God. And I tell you, a church that forgets that's going to die. And I'm not talking about some phony baloney put on a show entertainment deal. I'm talking about that God does everything that he does through the power of the Holy Spirit. I'm going to tell you what the Holy Spirit does. The Holy Spirit convicts us of our sins. I can remember the Holy Ghost. I tell you what, I didn't know what the preacher was preaching, but I knew what the Holy Ghost was preaching. You're lost. You're lost. You're a sinner. You need a savior. You're going to die and go to hell. You're guilty. He was convicting me and bringing me to the place of guilt of my sin. And how can we have sinners saved if we don't have the power of the Holy Ghost bring conviction upon those that are lost in our, in our ministries? Not only that, but a Holy Ghost anoints. Amen. Well, I'll tell you something right now. I wouldn't give you a nickel for preaching that ain't got the anointing on it. Amen. I would tell you the Bible said he anointed Jesus Christ to preach the gospel if Jesus needed the anointing. Oh my, does this old boy ever need anointing? Amen. I'm glad tonight not only the Holy Ghost gives anointing, but he gives unction. Amen. How the old preacher said one time a guy asked him, he said, uh, he said, what is unction? He said, I don't know, but I know what it ain't. Amen. I tell you, I can tell when it's on you and I can tell when it ain't. Amen. I tell you, we need some old time. I tell you, Holy Ghost anointed preaching of the word of God and we need the unction of the Holy Spirit so that the blind mule could tell God was in that church house. Amen. I would tell you tonight, the Holy Ghost Bible, not only does he convict sinners and anoints preachers and gives unction, but the Bible said he also works through us. Holy Ghost singing. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter 14 and verse 15, literally, that we're to sing in the power of the Holy Ghost. Amen. I would tell you something. I'm not interested in entertainment. I'm interested in folks singing for God's glory. Amen. I'm interested in singing that, that relays the word of God and convey 
obeys the word of God and the truth of the word of God. And good Holy Ghost singing always prepares hearts for the preaching. Amen. I want to tell you right now, I love good singing. Amen. I tell you what, you know what I did this afternoon? I went back here and laid down and I got my phone out and I tapped on Facebook and I pulled up our service today. And I tell you what, I pulled it all the way up to when they started singing. I sat there and laid in bed and listened to y'all sing all day, all afternoon. Amen. Why? Because I tell you, it blesses my heart. I'm going to tell you, God gets into the singing. You're going to have something happen. Amen. I want to encourage this church. I tell you, let's not have, let's don't quench the fire of these young people up here. Oh, don't quench the fire. I tell you, God will knock the socks off you. You mess with that. He's anointing these kids. He's giving them the power of the Holy Ghost to smile and to sing with their hearts. And God help a church that's dead singing. Amen. I tell you, we ought to be singing in the Holy Ghost. Amen. Uh, the Bible says not only that, but the Holy Ghost calls men to preach. Amen. I'll tell you the Spirit of God to get on you. I had a man tell me one time, he said, you know how you know if God's called you to preach? You can't help it. You're going to have to preach. Amen. I'll tell you, if you ever call to preach, I'll tell you, listen, like God calls his servant to, he calls you people to do different work here at this church. I'll tell you something, I'm just going to say this while I'm at it. I like Alan, appreciate Alan greeting me at the door. He's always got a smile and he sticks his hand out, you know, and kind of kids me a little bit. And Alan, I appreciate you serving the Lord. I just not, and I appreciate the security people, amen. But now I'm going to tell you, you all need to rotate a little bit because you men need to come in and sit by your wives and you men need preaching too every once in a while, amen. I mean, don't get on the security team to avoid the preaching, amen. <laughs> well, Anyway, the Holy Ghost warns people too, amen. Uh, the Bible said he warns us in the latter days about what's going to happen. And the Bible teaches us the Holy Ghost will lead us. And the Bible said the Holy Ghost invites sinners. The last thing in the word of God in chapter Revelation chapter 22 is that the, the Spirit, the bride says, and the Spirit says, come. The Holy Spirit's constantly calling people to Christ, amen. Not only that, but the Bible said that the Holy Ghost He's the one who does the new birth. Jesus said you got to be born again of the Spirit of God. I tell you, when the Holy Ghost brings conviction and then the Holy Ghost leads to repentance, I tell you the next thing, when you surrender your heart and throw up the white flag and say, God, I'm a sinner and I need to be saved, I tell you what, <laughs> what are you doing? Say, I believe on Jesus died on the cross for me and Lord, would you save me? Be God be merciful to me, a sinner. I don't know how he does it. I can't see it happen, but I can see the effects of it. Amen. And the Holy Ghost bursts you into the family of God, creates a new man inside you, born of the Spirit of God. Amen. I'm going to tell you something. God don't do nothing without the power of the Holy Ghost. And God help us not to quench the power of the Holy Ghost in this church. Amen. Well, not only that, but when he gets, after he gets done saving you, he baptizes you by the Spirit into the family of God. Amen. I don't know how he does that. He just does it. God said he did it, and I believe he does. Amen. And by the way, the Bible said we've all been, all the same people are baptized by one spirit into one body. Amen. You don't get baptized into two or three different denominations. Amen. I'll tell you what, you don't see me get in the flesh. Just let me go to a church when they tell me I got to get rebaptized to be in their church. I don't like that. Amen. I, anyway, don't get off there, Reggie. But I tell you, not only does the Holy Ghost baptize all of us into the body of Christ, but the Holy Ghost indwells every believer. Uh, the Bible said if a man have not the Spirit of Christ, he's none of his. I'm going to tell you, I'm glad the Holy Ghost lives in here. I'm glad when my flesh starts getting off in left field, the Holy Ghost says, wait, 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 back up here. You're going the wrong direction. I'm glad he reaches out there and grabs me by the ear and said, pulls back and said, you won't be doing that. I whoop the fire out of you. Amen. But the Holy Ghost seals us and the Holy Ghost will fill us and the Holy Ghost will guide us and the Holy Ghost will teach us and the Holy Ghost will give us liberty where the spirit of the Lord is there is what? Liberty. Amen. I want to tell you something. The Holy Ghost will reveal truth in his word to you. You can be reading your Bible and you stop and say God show me mighty things and wonderful things out of the Bible and the Holy Ghost will all of a sudden lift a passage of scripture out and the next thing you know you're grinning from ear to ear and saying glory to God God just showed me something. Amen. That's who it works. God never does his work apart from the power of the Holy Ghost of God. So you tell me, how can a church 
expect to see anything done if we're quenching the spirit. Now you just won't get with it because pretty soon you're going to wish you had it. You say, Reggie, what is the quenching? Well, quenching is not doing what God says to do. Now, grieving the spirit is doing what he said not to do. We're not preaching on grieving the spirit. We're talking about quenching the spirit. I'll tell you, quenching the spirit is a church killer. A lot of churches, they sit there so long, so dead, so soured up. The Holy Ghost finally said, I'm gone. I'm going to find some other place. Y'all don't want me around here. You want to run the show instead of letting me run the show. Quenching means you're throwing water on it. It means you're dampening it. It means you're putting a fire out. The devil, I called him, I got a new name for him. I got a name, I'm going to call him the old quencher. He likes to get you and I to help him. And he'll slip in beside you on your seat. And they say, would you help me quench things down here a little bit today? And if you ain't careful, you'll be in the quenching business. Quenching, biblical, Holy Ghost, God first, God-based word. And then if you ain't careful, you'll fall for his trap of a false fire. Now I'm going to tell you something. Never, never allow the devil to get you into an attitude. Did you hear that word? Attitude. Because attitude is what quenches the Holy Ghost more than about anything I know. Never allow the devil to get you into an attitude or to a place where you're doing the devil's dirty work. Well, I'm telling you something. This is wicked sin. This is bad sin. I know what I'm talking about. I've preached behind this pulpit for a long time and I've had to preach straight through people quenching the spirit while I was a preaching, trying to kill the service over their little nothings. And I've seen the Holy Spirit so quenched that lost people sat there and the Holy Spirit so quenched, can't do nothing with them. I'll tell you, it's wicked. It's wicked to let yourself get involved in quenching the Holy Spirit of God. I tell you what, throwing water on the fire of God, cooling down the enthusiasm of the people of God or the service of God or the worship of God. I'm going to tell you something. Don't ever join the devil in quenching. Now I'm going to tell you a few places where you need to watch the quenching at. First of all, don't quench your marriage out. Come on. Don't quench your marriage out. You say, well, if you've been married as long as I have. I've been married 46 years. I know what I'm talking about. You've got to keep the fire burning every once in a while. Amen. I'm preaching to myself. I tell you what, listen, every once in a while you've got to stir yourself up and remember how good your wife's been to you, how many breakfasts she's fixed for you, how many of your old dirty socks she's cleaned. Amen. I'll tell you how sweet she's been and put up with you. And you all say, God, give me a brand new love out of glory land for my wife. Amen. Amen. I'll tell you what, some of you need to spend about 5000 on her for Christmas, maybe. Maybe 10000 on your wife for Christmas. I mean, really show her that you love her. Amen. I'm going to put the quenching on you here. That'll quench some of you down. Some of you was liking the message up till then. Amen. Amen. I'll tell you what, you you want to buy an old bass boat or something you can use for hunting or fishing or doing what you like to do. (laughs) Who is that preaching that anyway? (laughs) But I'm going to tell you something. You want a healthy church? Keep the marriages from being quenched out. God, I tell you, just drive to church together. I tell you, the other night, the Holy Ghost convicted me. Karen had fixed the nicest supper. Man, she's a good cook. I'm telling you, she's the best cook in this church house. Hey, man. I thought I'd sure see some man jump up and say, no, she ain't. Oh, you did. Well, for me, she's the best cook in, in the county. Amen. And your wife ought to be to you. But I was sitting there, man, I'm talking. She had a, re- I mean, it was nice. And she put... I don't know whether to tell this because some of you might think we was drinking me, wasn't She said, I got something a little special. She went to the fridge and got this sparkling grape juice. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> now, I always put a brown sack around it, you know. <laughs> I tell you what, now, I like that sparkling grape juice. And, and she acts like I'm just supposed to drink one little cup of it. Man, I blew <laughs> You got any more of that stuff, honey? <laughs> Boy, I'll tell you. But now here's what happened. 
I, I don't know why I thought there's something I was really needing to check out. Hmm, boy, that's bad. Can you believe that garbage? Hmm. All of a sudden. Yes, Lord. Put your phone down. Your wife just fixed this beautiful supper. Come on. You're sitting here looking at a stupid phone. You won't even talk to your wife at the end of the day. You're quenching your marriage. You're making her think she don't amount to nothing, that you love the news more than you love her. Amen. Come on. Preach it. Amen. 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 So I went, well, tell me about your day. She's just, she just sitting over looking at me like, <laughs> I don't know what to think about it. I'm just being honest with you. You got to watch out the devil quench the fire of your marriage. Amen. Now let's move on to something. But you know, the devil quenches the joy of the Lord out of you. I might be outside of working and something don't work right or I do something, something goes wrong, you know, and all I can see is what went wrong. And pretty soon the Holy Ghost says, hey, why don't you not let the devil ruin your day over that stupid piece of equipment? It ain't worth nothing anyway. It's going to rust and, going to rust and you're going to leave it behind. Look out yonder to sky and look out yonder to trees and look out there and breathe that good God's air he gave you and start living life and quit, quit quenching, quit quenching the joy of the Lord. I'm going to tell you something. Some people don't like to see nobody else happy because they're not happy. Ain't that right? They, they're not happy, so you ain't going to be happy around me either. I make sure about that. I'm going to tell you something. Don't let, the, let anybody quench the joy of the Lord out of your soul. I'm telling you, hey, don't let, him, don't let the devil quench your thankfulness. Amen. I'm going to Tell you, said and everything, give thanks. Thankful people are happy people most of the time, amen? And I gotta run, but don't let them quench the love of God out of you. I tell you, just love God, love God, love God, love God, amen? And then love everybody else. You say, I don't like everybody else. I didn't say like everybody else. I said love them, amen? I'm gonna tell you something, love the lost, amen? Don't lose the quenching fire of the love of God and the love of your brethren in the Lord. God commands us to love one another and the devil wants to quench that fire, he wants to start looking at each other like, yeah, come on. Quench it down. Don't give them a good handshake. Don't smile. Act like you're bothered or you bother them. Quench the fire of love out of the church. Then be a grateful person. Then don't quench the innocence of children. Amen. Let them be kids. Amen. Don't quench that. Don't put down somebody's excitement. They're all excited and all enthused. You know, uh, they come. Some kid comes in here. Some girl comes in here, killed a big old buck deer, and 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 they brought, look at you know how they always want you to look their deer. I don't know why. Why? Why do I have to go look at everybody's deer? <laughs> but you did you kill a deer this year? You did. I think I thought I knew that. What if you'd have brought that? You know, let's say that you got a buck that big. You did it, but let's say you did. And you brought him to church. You said, Brother Reggie, come out here and look at my buck. I say, I ain't got time. I'm too spiritual. And he said, well, I'd like you to see my buck. Well, all right. What am I doing? I'm quenching the fire of enthusiasm, excitement out of his life. So I go out there and finally look at the buck and I say, well, I've seen a lot bigger than that. He's got a broken off pine over there. Don't you see that? Quenching the excitement in the hearts of young children and young people is a sin, amen. Quenching the excitement and joy of the Lord and joy of life out of people is wrong. I can't believe I'm preaching this to myself. I tell you, don't quench the truth. I had him one time, man, tell me this. He said, well, it may be true, but that don't mean it's got to be preached from the pulpit. That was his nice way of telling me he didn't like what I preached. <laughs> I wouldn't doubt it. I want to tell you something about don't quench encouragement. That when Moses was going on to glory land, God told the people, he said, you encourage him. You go up there and do, don't go, well, Moses didn't do it that way. We wish Moses was back with us. No, God said, Moses, gone. He's, follow, he's leading you. You follow him. You encourage him. You help him in the Lord. Don't quench his fire out. 
I remember one time, there's sometimes you remember messages. I don't remember many, but I remember a lot. Of, I don't even remember what I preached last week most of the time. But I remember this guy. I went to a preaching meeting one time out, out east. And, there, and there's a, boy, there's having preachers jump up and down pretty fast. There's a preacher. And this great big old hillbilly out of Carolina's got up here. You know, there's hillbillies out there, right, Brother Carr? Probably lots of them back in them hills. And he got up there and he kind of rolled along a little bit. And I thought, well, this is going to be Boresville. Oh, he said, I want to preach you a message on where's everybody at? Oh, <laughs> and I thought, what's this about? <laughs> he said, now take your Bibles back to 2 Samuel. He said, where old David sent a message to have Uriah brought up to the forefront yeah. and then everybody's supposed to get run away from him and leave him up there alone by the wall to get killed. He said, I've read that many a time. And he said, you know, I pastor a little old church down here in the country. And he said, sometimes I feel like Uriah. Where's everybody go to? Yeah, come on. Yeah. Where's everybody at? Yeah. Left me all alone up here to fight the battle. Yeah. Left me up here to be killed. Yeah. And he preached a message. And I ain't never forgot that big old hillbilly <laughs> preached. I, I, I'm a hypocrite. I'm a hillbilly. I, I don't, I'm not big, but I'm a hillbilly. Anyway, he preached, where's everybody at? You know what he's talking about? That if you want to discourage people, you want to put the fire out, just don't be here. Come on. Amen. How'd you think about, so you come up here, where's Reggie? I don't know. Oh, you said, where, where, Reggie, where's you at? Leslie? I don't know. Karen and I got up late and <laughs> I hadn't had time to study and uh, you know, she was kind of blowing her nose a little bit. We just thought it'd be best to stay home. <laughs> Told by us about five Sundays of that nonsense, what would you think? Where's, that, where's the preacher at? I'm going to tell you something. It's important that you show up, amen. <laughs> the other day, Brother Michael called me up. He's all excited. Where you at? I'm down. Was you in Texas or somewhere? He's in Texas. He said, I'm down here delivering a cow. I'm like, okay. Why do I need to know you're delivering a cow? I didn't say that, Brother Michael. I'm preaching, okay? I'm putting on right now. I really didn't think that. In fact, I knew he had good news or he wouldn't have called me. He said, you'll never believe this. He said, guess what? He said, I just got through leading a, a, a 12, 13 year old boy to the Lord down here where I said, and what, and so? <laughs> well, he, uh, he got saved. People do that. <laughs> what else do you call about? Well, I just wanted you to know, I appreciate you calling. Listen, I got to run, man. What do you think he'd been thinking about the whole drive back to Missouri? Yeah. I quenched his fire. Yeah. I act like he wasted his time. It wasn't important. Yeah. Did you know that the, I, I, I don't need anybody quenching my fire. The devil's out to quench me down enough as it is. I don't need you quenching my fire. I don't need you throwing cold water on me because I'm telling you, I'm already fighting the devil on it. I kind of like what the one old boy said. He said, I want to live in such a way that when I die, the devils will say, finally, he's gone. We don't have to fight him no more. <laughs> Amen. Amen. That's the way I want to live. When I die, it's, well, glory, he's gone on to heaven. We don't have to fight Reds no more. Amen. I'm going to tell you something. We, don't, we need to keep the fire burning for evangelism. Amen. I tell you what, don't let anybody put the fire out on your praying. Amen. Well, your praying ain't doing no good. Hey, how many's ever had the devil tell you, waste your time? God ain't hearing you. Prayer don't work. What's he doing? He's quenching your prayer. That's why the Bible said the effectual fervent hot fire prayer of a righteous man availeth much. Amen. The reason the devil fights you about praying is because it is so powerful. Amen. Just think, if it wasn't so important, why would he fight you about it? Why would he cause you to think, well, you can do that before you pray. Yeah, okay. And then you can do that before you pray. First thing you know, you forgot about praying altogether. What's he doing? He's quenching your prayer life. I'm telling you right now, we don't need to be quenching worship. Amen. I'll tell you what. 
I know people have different personalities and different tendencies. But to be honest with you, we need them all. I tell you what, don't let God quench your worship. Amen. Sound like a bunch of wimps. Trying to quench you out. No, I'm telling you, listen. You say, well, Reggie, just, he just wasn't, he just, he just, it wasn't nothing he preached I liked. I didn't get nothing out of it. Well, if you'd have said sick him two or three times, I might have barked like there was a coon, amen? amen. I might have tried to treat a squirrel if I could have got to it. Amen. I'm going to tell you, old brother Ronnie Simpson, you say, I had an old, I had an old uh, what do you call them little dogs that chases rabbits? Amen. Beagle hound. And he said he wasn't worth a dime. He said he couldn't smell a rabbit within, you know, within 50 feet of him. But he said, if you'd go, whoop, whoop, sick him, sick him. Said he'd start barking and running around like he was, but did find one. <laughs> if you'd say amen, the preacher might get on the trail after a while. Amen. Amen. I'm just saying this. Hey, Danny, tell me the truth. You, you preach, does it, I mean, doesn't it help you for somebody once in a while to say amen? amen. Just, just once in a great while. Amen. Some of you don't know how to give a holy grunt. <laughs> grunt. <laughs> I'll tell you something. The Bible said lift up holy hands. That's right. Amen. I'll tell you something. I, I'm not saying you got to do that. I know. But, but you know what? If that's what. Now, wait a minute. I'm talking about spirit led. I'm not talking about flesh led. I'm talking about this Holy Spirit. I have to admit this. I've been sitting in my seat and I've wanted to raise my hand. I, I wanted to jump up out of my seat today when they were singing how great our Lord. I, I wanted to jump up by my seat, throw my hands up in there, and say, bless God Almighty. And I thought, like, everybody think I'm putting on, putting on a show, drawing attention to myself. And I didn't do it. And you know, I mean, I'm being because I don't want to grieve the Spirit or, or, or do something that would distract from the service. By the way, you've got you to be in tune with God about this thing. Amen? And again, people's personalities are different. Y'all y'all ain't like me, right? Amen. Good thing, amen. But I'm just gonna tell you something. Hey, there's no virtue in, in just constant, you know, doing something, but there's no virtue in sitting there never doing something. That's right. Don't quench the spirit. You may be a quiet type person, but the least you can do is smile and nod your head. You know, I kind of like Sister Kay back there. She just all the time smiles and nods her head like, you on the rabbit trail, man. You on the trail. Go for it, buddy. Sister Debbie, you on the trail, amen? Sick them, amen? You bite them. I used, to have, I used to have an old dog, Nate. Amen. I used to have an old dog, and she'd be getting them cows, and I'd say, sick them. And she'd go out there about half heart and say, bite them. She'd bite them, amen. Sometimes you don't tell the teacher, preacher to bite them, amen. Get, get, get him after it. I'm not living in no dead church. I'm not pastoring no dead church. I ain't preaching in no dead church, and I ain't going to be no dead preacher, amen. You know, one thing you're going to say, well, he didn't put me to sleep. Yeah. I'm talking about don't quench the spirit of God. Now, you listen to me. I'm not letting jerks and jokers like Tammy and Faye and, and what's his name? What was his name? Flimmy Jimmy or whatever his name was. I'm not letting them, watch me, rob me of praising the Lord because there's a bunch of money grabbers. Come on. That's been abused and misused and people knows it. Like I ain't going to be involved in that nonsense. Oh no. Read the book of Psalms. Read the last 10, 15 chapters. David, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Let everything that hath breath. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. I'm going to tell you, he dwells, the Bible said, in the midst of his praises. And I'm going to tell you something. If somebody gets a little Holy Ghost praising, don't you look over at them like they just pulled your tooth or something. Amen. 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 Don't you like people looks at you like you just pulled their tooth? Yeah. <laughs> now, I'm going to tell you a story. It's true. <laughs> My wife, is, she's, I mean, she's giving me this look like that. I don't know. <laughs> Honey, I still love you after 46 years. Amen. I just got to love her for staying with me. If I'd been her, I'd have left a long time ago. Amen. But I, I was in the church service before I was ever saved, when I was religious. Y'all know the difference between being religious and being saved, don't you? Well, I was in the church service, and this guy was preaching, and I'm going to tell you, he was barking the tree. 
And I was sitting there hoping that the Holy Spirit of God didn't move too much and expose my hypocrisy and my lostness. Because I pretty well had everything covered. I thought, you know, I could act spiritual and re religious around right people. Well, there's these two jerks sitting over here about three seats from me. Amen! Oh, no. He'd preach. Amen! Boy, they'd about come out of their seat. Amen! I'm like, bunch of hypocrites. <laughs> I can't hardly hear the preacher for them saying amen. <laughs> you know what my trouble was, Jim? That's just free in the Lord and happy. Yeah. It's happy to hear the word of God preached. Amen. Yeah. I was afraid the Holy Ghost was going to get me. Yep. That's what I was afraid of. That's right. So when some of you ain't saying amen, I'm wondering if you ain't like I was. I don't know. That's just the honest truth. I just want to have a good time tonight. Amen. I want the devil to know we're having a good time in God. Amen. But I want to tell you something. We need to worship God and praise the Lord. But I tell you, if you want to quench, as I said a while ago, you just show up occasionally. Make everybody wonder where you're at. If you like attention, just don't show up. Yep. Wonder where they're at. Wonder what's wrong. We sick. Some of you think I'm being rough. I'm gonna tell you something. It's just a fact. Can I tell you the truth? If the devil ever finds out that if one of your children has a runny nose, and you'll say we just can't take him to church, that he'll make sure that all your children have runny noses every Sunday. <laughs> But if he ever finds out that runny noses will not keep you out of church, <laughs> he'll quit runny nosing your family. <laughs> I'll probably get sick and won't be able to make it to church just over that statement. <laughs> Somebody say, where's Reg? He's got a runny nose. <laughs> I'm going to tell you tonight, amen is a Bible word. Amen. It's a Bible word. In fact, the Bible ends with it. Amen. amen. <laughs> David sometimes got so wound up, he'd say amen and amen. amen. Glory is a Bible word. Amen. I was a preacher revival service one time, and the preacher was sitting about right there once somewhere right there in the front row every night. And boy, about the third night, he got wound up. He started throwing his hands up saying, glory, glory. And I was like, <laughs> What am I into here, you know? <laughs> I, I mean, I wasn't used to it. <laughs> Glory to God. He was serious as a heart attack, boy. Amen. He was enjoying the word of God being preached. I wasn't used to having somebody sitting right there going, Glory to God, throwing their leg out. Amen. Hallelujah. It's a Bible word. Yeah. Yes, sir, amen. Bless the Lord, oh my soul, is a Bible praise, amen. And I still like to hear somebody say, preach it, preach it. Yeah. Yes, sir. Now, I'll tell you something. I want, I want to give you all an assignment to do. I want you to go to YouTube and I want you to type in uh, Corey's own. Is that right? Zorn. Cody, Corey's own. Cody, C-O-D-Y-Z-O-R-N. And I just got a hold of him here a while back. But I tell you what, I'm so jealous of that man. Not because he's preaching, because he preaches in high pitch. I mean, I, I, you know, it, I, I can only take so much that. I mean, it's good, but he's a boy, he's a good preacher. But his people, I'm tell you what, he'll be a preaching, and all of a sudden they'll jump up, boy, and I'll say, preach it, preach on, preach it. Next thing, boy, I mean, and these young people, boys, standing up, say, preach it. First thing you know, you can't see anybody, and they're all looking like this behind the people that are standing up. And they said, you can't see him preaching for y'all standing up. And they're all standing up praising God. And said, I mean, they're about run out of there. Yeah, amen. Yeah. I'll tell you what, I never will forget. I was preaching up here at South 11 out in the country, a country church. And I'm not joking. It, I think I've told something about this before, but those people got, a bunch of people got saved. And the second night of that thing, after they got saved, a bunch of people got saved, they're singing. And I mean, I don't know what happened. Holy Ghost just moved in. Now, this was in a Baptist church, okay? This was not a Pentecostal church, okay? So I wasn't expecting, I preached, I preached a lot of Pentecostal churches, Assembly of God churches. You know, I, I, expect, I hate to tell you this, but it's kind of flip-flop nowadays. It's kind of, you know, anyway, if you preach on the right things, it'll flip-flop on you. Yeah. But, 
Y'all didn't get that, but I ain't going to go there either. And all of a sudden, somebody shouted, throw the arm up, and took off running. They took off running, and they run clear around the whole congregation. And the next thing I know, it looked like a, a race. And people was running, and some of them was cutting them off at the pass and coming up through the aisle. And there's just a hollering and a hooping and a praising God and running. And I'm not joking you. It broke out that place. People started hitting the altar. I just, I just sat down over and I went, man, like, what am I into? I'm honest with you. I am telling you the truth. Boy, them people knew how to worship God. And they didn't, they didn't care what I thought. They had liberty. But I can tell you one thing. It wasn't a show. I mean, God moved in on that thing. And what it was, what happened was, is some folks had gotten saved and they were so happy about it. They just couldn't contain it. They'd been praying for people for years to get saved and they were so happy. It just broke out of them. In fact, I took a guy from this church with me the next night and I said, I don't know if it'll happen again tonight, but if it does, you won't see this. And he's like, and they did it again. They did. It broke out. But anyway. I'm just saying, don't do that. You know, uh, you need to, don't quench preaching is what I'm saying. I'm just waiting for him to say one little thing wrong. Come on, yeah. Oh, right there it was. Right there, I got it, I got it. Right after church. I want to show you something. You, quote, you quoted that verse wrong. I want to show you right here. <laughs> Waiting for you to say something that's not quite right. I'm going to tell you a little something. You ain't never going to preach unless you're willing to be foolish. Because by the foolishness of preaching, men are saved. And I don't mean that in a bad way. But I mean, you're going to have to get over having pre-thought every phrase you say. You'll never say nothing. I'm just being honest with you. But I tell you what, don't quench obedience. Hey, don't you dare quench these young ladies dressing modestly. Don't you look at them like, what are you, a nun? I tell you what you do, you tell them you appreciate it and you admire it and you want to encourage them. You don't put out the fire of these young men trying to live for God and do right and win souls. I'm not putting out the fire of these young people praying back here in that fourth church house. I'm not putting out the fire of them passing out tracts in all these towns and at Walmart. I ain't putting their fire out. In fact, I'm going to throw gasoline on it if I can, amen. Don't you put out the fire of femininity. Don't you, is that a word? Yeah. Okay, thank you. I don't put out the fire of masculinity. You feed that fire, amen. Now you say, Reggie, how can you quench the spirit? Well, I'll preach some of this, or we'll do it real quick. Number one, just don't show up. But if you show up, sow up. Sour up. Ain't nothing like I just I, it just thrills me to see people out there. <laughs> I, I want to say, did you, have, did you just have a tooth pool? What's the problem? <laughs> I mean, I've preached 47 years. I've been all over the country preaching. I've seen everything. Watch it. You want to quench the service? I was, I, I was in a service one time, and this guy had, he, 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 he'd go like this. It did not work. In fact, I got in the flesh and preached twice as long. I thought, I'm going to show him. He literally. Now, he wouldn't just do this. He'd go. And he'd go. I want to ask you a question. We'll laugh at that. But how many people were in that service lost? He was not concerned about a dying soul going to hell. All he was concerned about is getting home watching Bonanza. It's wicked. Wicked to quench the service. Wicked to quench the spirit of God out like that. I'm telling you something right now. Sired up, sold up, if they do show up. Then you can be here but not be here. You're here because you ain't all there. I'm here. 
But I'm thinking about how much income tax is going to be. <laughs> I think about what we've got to do tomorrow. I wonder how long you'll be today. I hope they don't have a bunch of specials lined up, my goodness. Uh, by the way, can I throw this? This wasn't in my message, but you want to kill a service? Have 14 specials before the preaching. I did a revival. <laughs> Brother Josh, you'll verify this, won't you? How many? How many specials? Oh, at least 20. Was there at least? I think so. He said at least. It went on and on. He said, I don't know how long. You want to kill a service? Just... 7 o'clock, 7.05, 7 10. Well, y'all think maybe we ought to get started around here? Yeah. 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 Amen. Yeah. Let's see now. Sister so and so, won't you come get on the piano? And, and brother so and so, you want to lead the singing tonight? And, well, I wasn't really planning on I got a sore throat. Well, anybody want to lead the singing? <laughs> And then get done the singing. Well, has anybody got a special? They know everybody's got one. But they ask, does anybody have one? <laughs> I was in this, amen. I mean, you watched it. I had to sit, I had to pray, God help me not to get in the flesh. God help me. I did. Because I thought, well, we'd have two or three specials, four specials yeah. at the most, maybe get her. <laughs> One get done. Now here was the game. There was a game. There was a, see, there's an undercurrent in these churches. It is who can be last with the special. Come on. Has anybody else got one? Now ain't they? Now, brother, Om, don't you have special? Nay, don't you and Ramon have a special? I'm like. Quit asking him. Quit asking him. <laughs> preach. And, well, didn't you, didn't, you, didn't you bring a song with you tonight? Well, if nobody else has got one, yeah. And I mean, this goes, listen, it was an hour and a half to hour and 45 minutes before I'd get in the pulpit. If you think the Spirit of God hadn't done went home when I started. <laughs> you couldn't resurrect nothing from the dead. I'm talking quarter to nine in the pulpit. I said, all right, y'all singing all night? I'm preaching all night. <laughs> it's the truth. Let me show you how the Spirit's quick. Everybody hang on to your seat. Tighten your seat belt up a little bit, okay? How many notice that I don't have many single specials around here? There's a reason I don't. Now, it's going to be, I've told the church tonight. I've seen too much of this. Pastor, my seven-year-old daughter, she's got a song tonight. <laughs> she gets up there to do her little song, puts on her little rock music behind it, and mama's got her little phone out right here on the front row. She comes all the way from the back of the front row, and she takes a video of her little girl yeah. singing her special at church. And then she puts it on Facebook and tells everybody how proud of her little girl she is. God ain't within a thousand miles of that junk. That's pride. Amen. That's show business. Amen. There's a reason I like congregational singing here. I'm just being on that. We got a lot of good singers here. Those men sung this morning. I loved it. Amen. I'm telling you that's singing. Yes, sir. And I'm not, and I, I, and please don't say that I don't ever want nobody singing a special by himself. It's not that, but be really careful. Be sure that God's in it. Yeah. Be sure that the Holy Ghost is in it. Yeah, buddy. Because I'm telling you what, I've seen this kill more churches, quench the spirit. Yeah. I'm just being honest with you. You know something really quench the spirit? How I, I many knows I don't like, don't get mad at me. I don't like music that don't match the singer. Yeah. They put on this, New York Orchestra with this hillbilly singer. <laughs> and the music starts in, they go, mm, 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 and you think, my land, what's coming? And they start singing like Reg Kelly. <laughs> <That's bad. laughs> I, I, I don't know, I don't care what other churches do, but I just never feel, I just feel like we should just let everybody sing. Amen. Get everybody in. Let God get the glory. Amen. Amen. Let God get the glory. Boy, I know I'm running rabbit trails, but anyway, 
where was I at? Be here, but not here. <laughs> Listen, another thing to quench your spirits, if you just came to church for a social gathering, you didn't come to worship, you just came to see everybody. Another thing will kill, another thing quench your spirit, now listen to me tight, I'm gonna get right up here, I'm trying to get you out of here, is having ought against a brother yeah. that you do not have resolved, That's right. and you're not even trying to resolve it, and you're sitting there in church. You got it in for somebody. Yes, sir. Yeah. Strife among the brethren. You talk, here's what gets me. I tell you, for, for the life of me, I cannot understand this. I've had to preach. I wouldn't know and tell you how many times. And people sitting out there that absolutely let, just basically look, say, let me know I hate your guts. And I don't want to make anybody mad, but I have yet to have a man do that to me. It's always been a woman. And that woman will always get her, take her husband out of church. And I'll tell you something. I'm going to tell every woman here. I got no respect for you. If you don't like me, come to my house, sit down with Karen and I, and tell me why you don't like me. Yeah. But don't sit in church Sunday after Sunday after Sunday, quenching the spirit of the living God just because you don't like me. Yeah. Or because you don't like somebody in church. What on earth are you doing? So you're more important than souls. Is that what the deal is? So you're more important than the glory of God. You're more important than Jesus Christ. Your little hurt feelings or your little whatever it is that you got yourself messed up with is more important than having the presence and the power of God in our church. Oh, listen to me, friend. I have watched this now long enough to tell you what will happen to you. You get sideways to God. Let me just tell you something. If I wanted to tonight, I could find something I don't like about everybody in here. If I pecked at you long enough. If I picked at you long enough. And by the way, if you think that's, it's not easy, you get up here and preach for 40 years and see if you don't say the same thing over 42 times. 42. You try it. I'm just saying that you got, I'm telling you something. It's got to get way above you. I'm going to tell you what, I, I remember one lady sat back there just like this one Sunday. And I mean, she glared at me, almost burying her teeth at me. Most time they'll just give you this like a sheep killing dog look. Get contemptuous toward the brethren, toward the preacher. Have a critical spirit. I don't like that black ceiling. Who picked that carpet up? Yeah. Well, the singing was, it was off key, wasn't he? Doesn't he know the piano needs to be tuned? Wonder how long he's going to preach. You got that kind of attitude? What'd you come to church for? What'd you come to church for? Amen. We can all find something wrong with somebody. A contemptuous spirit. Come in puffed up like a bullfrog. Hissing like a cat. Coiled up like a back in like a snapping turtle raid. I grab somebody, coiled up like a snake, looking at you like a sheep killing dog. And then come in, dragging the old dead possum, been dead for a week, dragging their dead possum behind him. <clears throat> the spirit stinks, the attitude stinks. Yeah. Quench the spirit! Yeah. Let me just tell you something. Karen, can tell you, this is the truth. I've had to stop. I'm going to tell you something, quench the spirit in the church. You and your spouse got into it, you've been into it. And you still ain't got it fixed. Come on. You get in the car, we're going to church. Yeah. Bless God, we're going to church. Walk in, and I know it's tough. Men are always right. Amen. No, sir. <laughs> I got some women looking at me like, stop the car. Husbands, husbands, listen to me. Stop the car, pull over, and say, honey, we cannot go to church like this. God knows what's going on. I said, husbands, yeah. leader of the home. I don't care if you think it was five times her fault. Say, honey, we can't go like this. Yeah. Let's get it fixed right here. Don't turn around and go back home. Uh, pull the car over, get it fixed. And just say, honey, we're headed to church. And I don't want to quench the Spirit of God. And my attitude toward you ain't been right. Whatever you need to say, and just be, shell it out. Shell the corn out. Amen. And if she decides to, that's, her, that's with her and God. Right. But don't come into church with, with aught between you and your spouse. Yeah. It will quench the Spirit of God. Amen. I'm, I'm telling you. 
I know from personal experience. How'd you like to have to preach? You get in the car and your wife and you was into it. You're driving to church. I got to get up here and be a hypocrite. Yeah. I got to get up here and act like everything's lovely at the house. Now, I don't know about other preachers. I can't do it. I, I just, they just sent me in me just like, you ain't doing it. I, you know, Karen, I don't know, but do you remember times that we've stopped? And, I'm, I'm, and I'll be up truth with you. She's a lot better about trying to fix things than I am. That's yeah. just the honest truth. That's right. She knows that I don't need to go to church all bent out of shape. But I'll tell you what we need to do to keep from quenching the spirit is humble ourselves. Yeah. And say, you know, there's a greater cause than what we're, our little differences and what's going on in our family. Yeah. We need to get fixed for Jesus' sake. And I'll tell you the thing I want you to remember is this. Of all I've preached tonight, <clears throat> when you're coming to church and you're sitting there, you ought to ask yourself, am I quenching the spirit? Is there something going on in my soul and my spirit that would quench the Holy Spirit and keep him from working in power in people's lives today? Something to keep in mind. Well, uh, I, I hate to say this, but uh, bobbleheads can quench the spirit. about you. I think about Hannah. Where's Hannah at? <laughs> Hannah goes and goes. She comes to church and she gets sleepy, don't you? I'm about, I embarrass you, Hannah. I'm just I, I tell you what, I had to laugh. That girl, I know she comes, but you know, at least she's here. Yeah. And I've always said, if, if, if I can keep you awake, sleep away. Amen. Just, just, if you need rest that bad, just sleep. Amen. But let me say something to you. If you were somewhere else in the presence would you stay awake? Yeah. Amen. You know, I mean, kind of, I, <laughs> I say this, and I'm honest with you, you know where she got that? She got it from me. Because if a preacher isn't preaching and keeping me interested, I'll be. <laughs> you inherit it, come by. Honestly, Hannah, I got tickled out because she's been that way since she's little, right? I mean, she'd be a little girl, you know, seven year old girl. <laughs> it's all right, Hannah, I love you. I bet she said, I ain't coming back to church for a month. Don't <laughs> preach on me. <laughs> Be honest with you. Can I tell you the honest truth? It really never bothers me very much. Because I figure some people talk. I've, I've been so tired, so wore out. I don't, you know, and I, and I don't sometimes want you just, you just got here. It's, you just did good to get here. So please don't think, but, but I will say, you know, think about it a little bit and stay awake. <clears throat> anyway. <laughs> Worldliness, being worldly minded. You got, you got Willie Nelson going on in your head while they're singing, just as I am. Yeah. Let me say this to you tonight, unconfessed sin. Yeah. Get it right for God before you get here. Yeah. Hidden sin. Don't, don't walk in and say, I just ain't gonna deal with it. I ain't gonna, you'll, you'll hinder the spirit of God. You'll quench the spirit of God. Pride, self-centeredness will quench the spirit. It's all about me, not about God. Glory stealing. Jealousy and envy, woman hunting, <laughs> boy hunting. Now listen, I'm not talking about taking interest in, in, in girls and boys. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about people coming in and all they're looking for is a mate. They ain't interested in God. You know. And don't you kids take that I, I, I love seeing you kids get interested in each other and get married. If your mom and dad's for it, I'm all for it. Amen? Go for it. By the way, the 31st and Sunday night, New Year's night, or New Year's night Eve, when it's Sunday night, we're going to do something special. I hardly ever do this, but we're going to have a big bonfire out here. We're going to have the gym open. Everybody bring food. We'll have preaching service. We're going to have a time of fellowship, and if you want to do something, they try to have something for everybody and just fellowship. Have a good time. Let the kids play. Have some volleyball. Some of us old men will beat you kids in volleyball. And then... But anyway, nitpicking. And then apathetic. 
don't care. You say, Reggie, what happens when, you, when a person quenches the spirit? Number one, the devil lift. I've seen this happen over and over again. Yeah. I've seen the spirit of God be on a message. By the way, can I tell you how, to, uh, how preachers can quench the spirit? Is not quitting when the spirit of God says quit. Yeah. I have preached beyond the Holy Spirit. He was moving and I kept preaching and he just like gone. The dove will lift, the power of God will leave, the fire of God will not burn. People will not get the help they need, the comfort they need, the strength they need, the truth they need, the encouragement, or whatever it might be. Sinners leave unmoved, unconvicted, unconverted. No repentance and no salvation. The lost leave here die. I want to tell you a little something. David had uh, he'd done a lot more than quench the spirit, but one of the things in David's sin was he quenched the spirit of God in his life. And you know what Samuel's well, you know what uh, Nathan, the prophet, told him? I gave you this and this. And I did this and this and this for you. And what I wanted to do for you. You never know what you're missing by quenching the spirit. Let's stand together. You've been so, y'all you, you you all about quenched out, aren't you? <laughs>